Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Did you know that your skin can absorb up to 60% of what you put on it? So what goes on your skin can be as important as what goes in your body. Juice Beauty is a skincare and makeup line that is made with certified organic ingredients with the promise to always formulate without potentially harmful ingredients. Go to juicebeauty.com slash happy hour for exclusive savings on your first order when you use the code happy hour 20 at checkout. Friends, you are listening to episode number 188, and my guest today is Layla Palmer. Layla and I met online, which, let's be honest, that's where I meet a lot of people these days. You too, right? Layla and her husband, Kevin, are parents to Stevenson, who joined their family less than two years ago from Haiti. With myself having two children that were born in Haiti, we immediately had that connection in common. I love following her on Instagram because her stories are super intentional, and she's going to tell us why she does that and how she does that today. We're also going to discuss the darkest season in her marriage and how God used a stranger to turn things around for them. I really enjoyed hearing Layla walk out how her faith journey began and also how they even ended up adopting from Haiti in the first place. You're going to love this conversation with Layla today. You guys, I have something super fun for you over on my Instagram page tomorrow, April 12th. Earlier in the year, I was introduced to an amazing company called Starfish Project. Now, Starfish Project restores hope to trafficked women and girls in East Asia by employing them to make jewelry. At Starfish, exploited women experience freedom, establish independence, and develop careers. So I'm partnering up with them, and we're going to pick five winners. These five winners are each going to get a signed copy of my new book, If You Only Knew, plus a $100 gift certificate to Starfish Project. Yes, you guys, you heard that right. A $100 gift certificate. This contest begins tomorrow. All the information is going to be over at my Instagram page at Jamie Ivy. You guys also, Mother's Day is right around the corner, believe it or not. And I cannot think of a better place to spend your money this year than with Starfish. Go ahead and go check them out now and then look for the contest tomorrow on Instagram. Here's my conversation with Layla. Hey, Layla, welcome to the happy hour. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me. This is long overdue. I mean, yes. long overdue. Yes, I was, I had, I said I was having, you know, your name is Jamie Ivy, but I was feeling a little Jamie Hivey because I was nervous <laughs> about, you know, the whole podcast experience. It's funny because we have been talking about getting you on the show for a really long time and just life and jobs and things, you know, and here we yep. are. And nerves, honestly, and nerves for me. It's everybody says, but what are you talking about? You, you're, you have a hundred thousand people watching your Insta stories. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in my bedroom by myself, you know, or like I'm at a store, you know, in a part of the store where nobody is. So I can quickly tell people what I would buy, you know, <laughs> you have control so, over the situation and those things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you might feel out of and control I love here. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit out of control. 
A little bit, a little bit. Okay, so real quick before we get into, because I want to talk about Instagram with you. Before we get there, just give everybody just the very quick elevator pitch of your yourself and your family. Okay, so I'm Layla, and my husband is Kevin, and we just brought home our little guy, Stevenson, from Haiti, uh, August of 2016, and he's six now. Oh, you're almost at the two-year mark. I mean, yes. a year and a half. Okay, if, I felt like it was longer than that. No. And, you know, it's wild because it's hard for some folks to understand that we are still very much in like working on attachment and things. Mm -hmm. And so it it gets a little bit awkward sometimes because you're like, um, I know you would love for him to snuggle with you and take a nap on you and like you you want to help out and everything. But right now we're still learning what mommy and daddy are and how, what a son is and, you know, all those things. So well, I know. And I want to talk about that in a little bit with you with just like the transition of bringing home an, an older child transition, bring home any child, you know, this is you and Kevin's first and okay. So we'll get there, but let's do this. Tell us what you do for a living. Okay. I'm a blogger and I've been blogging now professionally for about 10 years now but I still don't think my mom and dad really know what I do. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. It's really hard to explain. And it's really branched off into so many different things since, you know, blogs first started. So now it's really hard to explain to them all the different things that we do that have branched out from the blog. Okay. But what kind of blogging? Cause you do design stuff. Yes. So I'm pretty much, it started out as a home blog. So a home and design and decor blogger, but I call it a lifestyle blog now because we do get to, you know, dive into so many different things, faith, food, fun, family, and of course, all the home and design and decor stuff. Well, and I love following you on Instagram. And so I talk about Instagram on the show sometimes and isn't, I, let, let's have this conversation, Layla. Isn't it crazy that you can put like parts of your life up on the internet and people follow it and watch it? And yes. I mean, it's just so weird, it's right? Such, it's weird, but it's such an awesome like responsibility and privilege and opportunity really to inspire and inform, you know? So when you set out to do, cause you do Instagram stories really well. And so when you set out to do an Instagram story, do you have a plan every time you push record? Well, not, not necessarily. Cause I do just kind of, I always say I spit it and uh-huh. put it right. You just got to put it out there and hit that button and go. But, um, I do try to always be mindful. Am I encouraging uh-huh. someone? Am I educating someone? Am I entertaining someone? Even just something as fun as that to break up maybe all the education that happened in the previous stories, you know? Right, right. I try to think about those kind of three E's, you know, and okay. not, but not be like, okay, I need to think about this E right now. You know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just thinking... I don't want to waste anybody's time. And it take, you know, it, people can get lost in Insta stories, myself included. So I want to make sure that at least, you know, when they come, they don't, they're not just watching me watch TV or something. Right. Okay. What were your three E's? Educate, entertain. And uh, encourage. Encourage. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. I think through that people have asked me before as well. I mean, I think that through with the podcast. So, you know, every show I want it to do a couple of things. And even yeah. with what I put up on social media, and I just had this conversation with someone the other day about how, you know, social media can sometimes get a bad rap. And I think it's a wonderful thing and can be used for so much good. Yeah, um, it's a tool. 
I think through what I put up because I know that there's people looking at it. And the thing is, it's not that I want to present a false reality of what life is like, but I want to use it as a tool to encourage and inspire. And sometimes that means me putting on Instagram story, like I peed in my pants on a jog, you know, and that that was, yes, yes, (laughs) girl. I was, it was hilarious. Well, and with that kind of maybe falls under the encouragement category because you are literally being vulnerable and just letting, you know, everybody know it's okay. Everybody has weird things that happen and we're all normal. And so I think that too, even peeing your pants can fall under encourage. (laughs) And entertain at the same time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You hit two of them with that one. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, wait, 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 you you educated too, though. You said, go to the bathroom first. (laughs) That is right. That is right. That is right. That is right. Um, Yes. So funny. Uh, hilarious. Okay. So I love Instagram stories and you, you love them as well, but I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, two things, because these are two things that I don't, didn't know much about you, but I know now, and I find them very interesting is when you met your husband, Kevin, he was in a legit rock and roll band. Like for real. Yeah. Um, like I heard him and saw him on TV and on the radio way before I ever met him. And it was so funny because I, my dad was always a rock musician. So I was always kind of like, you know, those are my peeps. You Uh know what I mean? Like, I want to marry a dude like my dad, you know? And I mean, that sounded weird, but you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you mean. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And because my dad loved me so much and was such a great dad. So I was like, okay. Uh, apparently rockers can be really sweet too, you know? Yeah. But, um, for at that particular time, I was like fresh out of a not great relationship. So I was like, I'm not going to be dating a rocker right now. You know, when we started working together, Uh I was working for a company that was sponsoring his band's tour and man, I did my darndest to just keep (laughs) my distance, you know? Oh man. I was like, I'm going over there and I am painting some pictures of cartoon cats. And that's literally what I was doing at the time. I was painting people's pet portraits for them. This is serious. Yeah, for real. This is a legit thing. Like okay, Apple, I love this. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, eBay, Etsy thing. Can we still find this? Oh, probably not. Oh, man. There's, it was so long. Yeah. This is like 15 years ago. So. I do love my pets and I would get a picture of them. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> So I'm over there after each daily, nightly, like we had to go to the radio stations with them. We had to go to their shows at, at night and make sure like the whole event was, you know, right. But then I was just like painting pets uh-huh. in all my downtime. Yeah. Right. And he is super shy. Um, the opposite of what you would think of when you think of like a lead singer, guitar player, rock guy, but he, um, I think he kind of liked that. I seemed shy. Also, it wasn't that I'm very not shy, but I was just not wanting to like him. And he was really cute, you know? (laughs) So you're like, I'm keeping, I'm acting shy so that I don't like you. Yes, exactly. Putting out the vibe, but he would come over because his dad also, um, his dad, it was a cartoonist, his whole career, he was a cartoonist. So he was all intrigued, actually, by this uh, cartoon cats and dogs thing. And so he would come over and hang out while I painted. And, you know, one thing led to another, not 
Ooh, that sounded really bad. Um, <laughs> just, you know, we both found out we were born in June of 74. And then, you know, you have all these conversations that start happening. As Even when we were hanging out, all of our crews would hang out together and have meals together and, you know. Yeah. One thing led start. to another. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so anyways. My, so y'all started dating. Yep. We started dating. So we technically, we kind of like started having meals alone together uh, away yeah. from the crew mm-hmm. while we were yep. on the tour. And then luckily I lived in Los Angeles at the time. After that tour, his band was flown to LA and they were put in a place for a few months while they recorded their next album. And so we got to date for all those months, kind of on his record labels, dime, really, because that's nice yeah. for work. Yeah. And then it was pretty clear after that, that, you know, we were wanting to be closer to each other. So I moved to floor just down the road from where we live in Alabama in with my mom who lives just down the interstate. And then he asked me to marry him. And then we bought a house and that all happened pretty much within one and a half year. Yeah. One and a half. Wow. Year. So, okay. So how did you guys, cause I don't know how you guys ended up from LA yep. rock band to yep. Alabama. Well, he was from Montgomery, Alabama. So gotcha. I moved back. I moved out you know, to Pensacola to be closer to him so we could date some more. And then when he asked me to marry him, we, I moved to Alabama. I mean, do you know, to Montgomery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. And so one other thing that I know that you told me is, did you grow up in a Christian home? No. Oh my goodness. No. So tell me about that part of your life. Okay. So rocker dad, not close with my mom at all, like my whole childhood. Now we are, but okay. not at all. Like she, I think she had a really hard time becoming a mom really young. So she, they were like okay. 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think she was ready. And I think that all the tough stuff that came along with it when I was little, like really little, like she even left at a certain point. I think when I was two and was just like, I can't, like, I can't do it. And I think that just kind of forever affected the rest of my childhood with her. Mm-hmm. So since she wasn't kind of centered on Christ, right? And then my dad wasn't kind of more because their parents were, it was kind of yeah. like a trickle down effect, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just never grew up that way either. So it was kind of like each man for himself in my family. We had these two, my brother and I had these two parents who were more like older brother, sister mm-hmm. to us. And it was just, yeah. So, you know, I'm in my teens, I'm in my twenties, I'm even into my thirties and still have no idea about this quote unquote fictional character that some people call God. You know, I, I just, I was clueless really. Right. Which is like not surprising because that's everyone, a lot of people that is their world, right? Yeah. Um, Yes. But for sometimes we start to think like, oh, if you grew up in America, like America seems, although it's not, and I don't like this, but it seems like, oh, it's a Christian nation, um, which, you know, people would say that. But it is interesting Mm -hmm. to see that you could go your whole life and not know about Jesus as a real person. You thought he was like this fictional Mm -hmm. character. I did. I literally thought 
the Bible was like a storybook and that Jesus was the main fictional character. Mm -hmm. And where did that shift happen for you? What happened? Literally. So I met and married Kevin right close to 30. We got married when we were 30. Um, So he was kind of still on his, he he grew up very like Baptist church Mm -hmm. all the time, you know, very, very ingrained, but he had a really, really bad experience when he was in his teens with the church and it just rocked him. So his faith got kind of rocked a bunch, you know, around the time when that does seem to happen to a lot of people like college age. So then he gets caught up in this whirlwind of like signing with a major label and touring the world. And there's not a lot of going to church when you're like in a different country every day, Uh you know? So he kind of strayed away, but it was always there. And if you listen back to any of their lyrics, it's so wild for me now, because when I was listening to them on the radio and stuff and watching music videos, my um, perception of what he was singing about was totally different than what he actually was singing about. You know, he was singing about God and and feeling lost and all these things. And like no one knew it, you know. Wow. But um, yeah, so I think he was still on a journey. It just was really, really personal and quiet. So then finally, we're mm, about five years into our marriage. And now the record labels are gone. The tours are gone. The band is gone. The fame is gone, all of that. And he feels really worthless, you know, Mm. at this point. And so he's then his, his quest to re-explore and really establish a relationship with God, just really ignited. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's great, honey. Like I pat you on the back. You are going to, that is, if that makes you feel better and awesome, I'm all for it, you know, but like, I am going to pass on going to church with you. So he would go to church by himself And, you know, just read and read and read. And he got really involved, uh, interested in like apologetics, you know. And I just, I don't know. I was still just kind of drifting around, just floating around, Mm -hmm. you know. And because he's not a pushy person either, you know. But it took him doing that so like passionately and just subtly and quietly for me to kind of go, huh? Like when he did start having um, Mm -hmm. breakthroughs, I was like, huh, that is something that I've never thought about before, but now you've piqued my curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and this, so he's researching all of this, A, when he's lost everything, like as far as like professionally and what he thought he was here to do. And we, we, we kind of lost everything financially. So it was like during the market crash. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. So we lost our jobs. He's now not touring. No one is hiring, you know, like uh-huh. everybody stopped touring and I'm out of work. We are slipping and slipping and slipping behind on all of our bills. You know, we're we don't have heat. It's freezing winter. You can see your breath in our house for for like an entire season. It was almost, it would have been warmer to sleep outside, I think. But (laughs) anyways, he's just on this quest throughout all that. And I, matter of fact, I even thought, dude, like 
aren't you concerned about what's going on in our actual mm-hmm. life? Like, why are you so obsessed with God right now? And like, I just, I, it caused a lot of tension because yeah. I wasn't, and I was really just wanting to keep the electricity on, you right. know, mm-hmm. but then, um, at the peak and I've always been like, a because I guess I haven't had Christ as my center. I've always been kind of a runner too. Like, mm-hmm okay, this isn't working. I'm out, you know? Right. Uh-huh. So what it finally is at that point where he's so beyond depressed, it's like clinical, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm right at my, I'm about to bolt point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I, I can't deal, you know, terrible, but, um, just being vulnerable here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we go, we have 20 bucks. I remember we had 20 bucks in our checking account. And the, every time we heard a noise outside, we were like, absolutely positive. It was the repo guy Mm -hmm. coming to take our truck and list to make matters even grosser. Like we hadn't purchased a bed yet. So we were sleeping on a mattress that was a friend's whose dog had peed in it. And we were like, whatever, we don't have anything to sleep on. It was just like bottom, right? And this was after he had experienced all this, you know, fame and all this stuff. And I had been working, managing celebrities careers. And when I lived in Los Angeles, so it was just like a big, like, uh okay. Yeah. So we have 20 bucks in our checking account and we decide we do the worst thing possible. Of course, (laughs) we don't go buy. (laughs) Yep. We don't go buy groceries, a loaf of bread. We could have bought how many packs of ramen could we have bought? (laughs) Yeah. So we go to crystal. Uh I don't know if you know about this. I do. I've never eaten there, but I do know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're like, we're going, we are getting the grease. But you can get a lot of food at crystals for 20 bucks, right? Well, you can, but it it was just one sack, you know, and I feel like if uh we had gone to the grocery store, we probably could have gotten, you know, extended it. For sure. Yes. But we were feeling just like, I mean, it was like breaking point, bottom of the barrel, something's going to happen probably tomorrow and it's probably not going to be good. So let's go have one last meal together kind of thing. You know, <laughs> this seems so sad. <laughs> oh, it was, I'm telling you, and imagine like actually living it out. Like it was just oh, like, uh-huh. oh, dang it. Five years. That was like the longest relationship I had ever had. I was so like, this one's going to work, you know, but, and you're about to bail. Yeah. 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 Just as always, I'm like, okay, baby, maybe I was wrong. You know, uh-huh. um, so we, we pull up into the drive-through and we're just like, give us greasy, give us, give us cheeseburgers yep. and Coke and tons of fries. And then we're just going to do this. And we get up to the window and the girl in the window says, after Kevin's trying to hand her his debit card, she says, oh, no, no, no. The lady in front of you paid for it. And we were like, huh? We'd never yeah. had f- food purchased for us before, first of all, but also in that moment, it was just so yeah. pa- like powerful, like to, I mean, literally you have to understand, I was like an inch away from like mm. leaving my life, you know, and to have someone mm-hmm. when you only have $20 do something like that is like, I mean, it was just like, I have the chills right now, just being like, did you back. feel like seen and cared for yes. in this way? random weird new way in a random weird new way that for one of the first times in my life felt 
um, like an actual like representation of what he had been telling me that Jesus, this, this actual guy, it like wanted people to do. I was like, Oh "Oh my, like, I felt like I'm covered in chills because in that car, which was literally, he was having to keep the, his foot on the gas to keep it running. Like it was like that bad. Uh Like I just, I felt like he was literally sitting in the car with us. Like Mm. in, and this is a girl who doesn't know who he is. You know, it it makes me emotional right now because I, unless you experience that and I, I feel I, for a long time, I felt so bummed that I had never been allowed to experience that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, why didn't, why didn't someone tell me that when I was a little kid? And that's why I'm so passionate about telling Stevenson that he's sitting in our car. Jesus is sitting in our car with us right now, baby. And he is. he has made this whole family possible. You know, it's just, it's, I, I'm a little bit like a kid when I talk about this, I think, cause I, (laughs) you know, I'm so, it's so fresh and so fun and new. And, Mm -hmm. and so pardon my, uh, like, you know, over here as well. So, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, I am kind of glad that I learned later because I, you know, it is fun to experience it as an adult too, for the yeah, first time, uh-huh. but, yeah. um, but, uh, I will never know who that lady was, but we will forever know how God used her mm. to completely change the trajectory of our life. Because we, first of all, we balled together the entire way back to the house. We embraced for probably the first time in weeks. I mean, we didn't even look at each other. I don't, I feel like we didn't even look at each other during a lot of that time. We sat on the couch together as like one thing. I mean, we were like, we were like, um, spiders, like wrapped, you know, like our, we were just like, I am never, I never want to lose you. I never want to leave you. I want to we are not alone. You know, we just felt so protected all of a sudden, just, I mean, and you know, it was a $10 thing, but, but from someone we didn't know, but that's why it was so powerful because Mm -hmm. it showed us, especially Kevin, who was on such a journey and especially me who was not on the journey, but needed to be on the journey. It just showed us the power of faith and of belief and of service and of love, you know, all those things. Yeah. So that happens and you're at this tipping point. I mean, I can understand the way that you're describing that life was and you didn't know Jesus. So you had no reason to stay. You were about to leave. The stranger does this. You guys embrace and cry and kind of become one for the first time in a long time. Yes. But then that you still wake up with no electricity and you still don't yeah. have jobs and you still only have $20 still in your yes. account. What, what so happened? Guess, guess what we did that very night. We, as we're sitting on the couch together, I said, you know what? That was really good. What just happened was really good because it, not just because, you know, we got to eat for free, but, <laughs> but because it, we felt like it was the start of a ripple effect that we couldn't even maybe understand yet, but we just, you know how you just feel like that. Okay. We just got rocked and I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't care. We're with, we're with God right now. And yeah. he is at work. You know what I mean? In us, through us, around us, everything. So we said, what else is good right now? Cause surely not everything is bad. 
And we sat there that night and we came up with 365. Like we didn't leave the couch until we had them. 365 other things that were good and that um, were not tied to like earthly stuff, like just good things that we could like take comfort in. We printed those suckers out on little like fortune cookie sized bits of paper, cut them with scissors. And then I had a, like a part-time job as temporary Christmas help at Michael's. Eventually I got that. I think I had it at the time that this happened. It took a long time, but I finally got that. And I was like, Oh, I don't care. It doesn't cover our bills, but I'm working, you know, Uh And I'm blogging this whole time as well. Just at that point, it's like your book. If you only knew, like I'd never said this on the blog at that time that we were going through all this Mm -hmm. or anything, but I was literally working at Michael's part-time just trying to make ends meet, but they weren't meeting really. But, um, so I had access to getting a discount on these little tiny jars, like Mason jars, like, um, you know, the ones with the rubber seal and the little clasp. Yeah. So I could get those really, really cheap with my discount. So I bought every, the whole, a whole case of them. And then we put all the slips in there. I printed out these little labels that said 365. Oh, it said good jar. That's Uh what it said. And then it said like 365 things to be happy about or something like that. It's on my blog still. Oh my gosh. And we, I put a post up and we sold every single one of those in like an hour. I mean, all the ones. Wait, stop for just a second. Yeah. You were creating jars to sell that were full of those 365 things or for people could create their own. No, those 365 things that we put in there that we wrote down and printed on little slips of paper and stuffed into these jars, people could buy the jar and then pull out one every day and have just like one little thing that didn't, like I said, it was not an earthly thing. It wasn't tied to like, you didn't have to have money Uh to have it. It was just a joy, like a true joy thing. And people started buying them. And we, you know, of course we didn't make like enough to get caught up on our bills, but it gave us such a like renewed sense of like, okay, we are creative people. We are going to figure this out. God gave us all these gifts and talents and let's just see where this goes. And so that led to one thing and that led to another thing. And that it, it, more than anything, it was just what God did through that woman just reignited our belief in ourselves, our belief in others, and our our creativity that we thought was only tied to like working in uh-huh. the music industry or working in the entertainment industry, whatever. We just had to figure out um, new ways to use it. I love that you guys, I mean, I am going to think about and imagine you guys sitting on the couch with no heat and <laughs> eating your crystal burgers and then saying, we're yes. going to write good things when it feels yeah. like everything around us is awful. Um, and that you didn't yes. do that to sell them. You just did it. And then, oh no. my gosh, look what we could do. Yes. I put it on the blog saying like, this is what we did. And, and we have a case of them if anybody wants one. Honestly, I, we didn't know if anybody would buy them or not, but we were so fired up about a, about that we could think of that many things during that time. Right. And then B, it just really, it was like a creative outlet for me. Cause you know, I'm like crafty and we were always, you know, wanting to share like a fun idea. Like I even thought like other people could recreate it if I blogged about it, you know, but then people were like, Hey, 
I want to buy that. And so it turned into a thing, you know? I love it. (laughs) If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey guys, I know that you are loving hearing from Layla, but I want to pause for just a second to thank our sponsors. These people make the happy hour possible, so I want you to hear from them. You know what? Is your home overdue for its spring cleaning? It's April. Are you past the time to do spring cleaning? Don't worry, guys. This year, use the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to tackle the impossible stains that your sprays and your wipes cannot handle. 
I've tried it on my tough messes and it blew me away. Recently, we had a refrigerator disaster that was so dirty and so messy. Things had spilled for way too long. We got out our Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and it tackled the tough, tough mess within my refrigerator. So all you have to do, guys, is you just wet it under the tap, give it a squeeze, and it's ready to erase. And because it cleans with water alone, you don't have to worry about harsh cleaning fumes or scents, which I really loved when I was cleaning in my refrigerator. If you're about to take on your spring cleaning, you should definitely try the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. It makes cleaning your toughest kitchen and bathroom messes fast and easy. Check out mrclean.com slash the happy hour to see more ways the Magic Eraser can help you Knockout impossible messes all around the house. You guys, I also want to thank our next sponsor for today's show, and that is Mabel's Labels. You know what? What mom out there can relate to the frustration of feeling like you're constantly replacing the items that you send to daycare or school with your kids? If you're a mom and you have young kids, you're raising your hand right now. I just know it. Mabel's Labels, stylish, durable labels are the perfect solution for all the stuff that kids lose, which basically it's everything, you guys. Simply personalize your labels online and they'll get shipped for free to your door. They're ready to peel and stick on all your bottles, clothing, lunch boxes, and more. And because they're laundry and dishwasher safe and available in so many fun designs, they're sure to become your new mommy must-have. Visit MabelsLabels.com slash happy hour today to start customizing your own. And if you use the code happy hour, you're going to get 20% off your next order. The offer code is happy hour for 20% off your next order. Go to MabelsLabels.com slash happy hour. Guys, thank you to Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Mabel's Labels and Juice Beauty. All of this information for all of these podcast sponsors is over at my webpage, JamieIvy.com slash blog. You'll find everything there. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Layla. Okay, but what I need you to fill in the blanks for me real quick mm-hmm. is how did your faith become your own? Okay. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, honestly, but like between me and you or between me and you and the world, <laughs> yeah. like, I had such a, so I know nothing about God at this point other than what Kevin has told me. Mm-hmm. And then one morning during that time period where I'm sleeping on the floor. So I'm, I'm all fired up now. I'm like, okay, something happened. If, if that was God, I want more like, let's, let's do this, but I still don't know anything about him. And I still don't definitely don't have a relationship with him. Right. Mm -hmm. I have a dream one night that it's like one of those dreams that feels like, did that last all night? I wake up, I like run in the bathroom. Kevin had to get up early to shower. He was like doing manual labor, like lifting plywood sheets Uh up to someone all day long for like 12 hours a day at this point. And I say, honey, I don't know what this is. What is this? And I spit out everything that I learned. I use the word learned because it felt like a lesson um, in the dream. I mean, he was like, huh? Cause I had never like read the Bible or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, um, just in line with what you would say if you had been a Christian your whole life kind of thing, you know, like, right. uh-huh. and he's just floored. Cause he's like, you, you dreamt that, like, how did you dream that? You know, it, there's, that is unreal. Like it, for someone who knows nothing about Christianity or God or Jesus really, you know, and Um, I am just like, I don't know, but it felt really special. And then, you know, he explained to me that, you know, sometimes we do 
have dreams where, you know, people have had dreams. He had never, but he was like, Hey, you know, maybe that was his way of reaching out to you. And it was so powerful that it got it again. It like really piqued my attention and it felt like something is happening. Like something's happening in my heart, in my head, in our life. And it was very new to me, but you know, probably in your own life and like in a lot of the lives of others that you know what it means to be like pursued by uh-huh. him, right? Uh-huh. Or yeah, uh-huh. just shaken by, by him. And I think that was just my time. I think he just was like, look, <laughs> like I'm actually coming after you. Mm. And will you listen or not? You know, will this be the time that you listen? But I can't say other than to see how affected Kevin was by him and his journey. I was seeing Kevin like that he was being a child of God. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he, he that word being like be the hands and feet that we always concentrate on hands and feet, but the B is the actual thing, right? That's like the action thing. And I just, I think for so many days and months and years of seeing Kevin actually be, and Mm. then to have God pursue me, it just all started to come together, you know? And it wasn't like Mm. Kevin was just trying to keep up with any Christian Joneses or trying not to go to hell. Mm -hmm. It just felt like he genuinely loved this person, Jesus, you know, and that he was actually his savior, you know? And, Mm. and I think that when it felt like Jesus was reaching out to me, like real, like tangibly, even like in that dream. I mean, I, it just started to click and, you know, God can do anything. And so I think he just did what he does and he rocked me, you know, you know, this is going to (laughs) bring such hope to people who have someone that they love Mm -hmm. that doesn't know Jesus. And it gives them this hope of, like you said, when you were describing Kevin, that he was just being the child of God and he was just loving Jesus and he was just falling more in love with him. And you saw that to be real. And it wasn't as if Kevin came home every day and was like, Layla, listen, if you don't follow Jesus, you're going to hell. And, um, you know, that he just actually was a child of God and you saw something different. Look, and even at the pit of his depression, what was he doing? He was searching to be, get closer with God. I mean, Mm. that was like, and you saw that. I saw it. I mean, I yeah. I breathed it. I you lived it. Yeah. Ye- yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just really extra inspiring when I felt like God had reached back out to me, kind of. And I don't know if he did, but that dream, like I said, it was just loaded up with so many um, things that yeah. I had never read, heard or any experience before that it, it literally felt like a download of, of like, okay, sister, here's what, here's what it's all about. Okay. I know that I'm like, going to catch you up yeah, on everything yeah, you're supposed uh-huh. to know. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's explained it. Uh, you haven't tried to learn about it, but guess what? Your husband's on a journey. And you know what? That was super power, powerful for him too, because he was the one on the journey and searching and searching and, and clinging and clinging. And then I get this dream that felt so real and so powerful. And so for him to hear all these things flying out of my mouth, it was like 
it's almost like it had to come out of my mouth for him to be like, oh my mm. goodness, he is here with us, you know, because like, yeah. there's yeah. no way you would say any of that. So it was powerful. Oh, that's, I, I, I absolutely love stories like that. And we've had a lot of people on the show recently who have had these, I'm going to use air quotes, quote unquote, unconventional ways of follow, of coming to know Jesus. Um, and I love hearing about them because the reality is that there is a very big world who does not know about Jesus. You never heard and knew that he was a real person and you lived, you know, in the United States of America, but there yeah. are people all over the world. And actually God does use dreams in a lot yeah. of countries and cultures to mm -hmm. show people Jesus. And so I think it's amazing that he can use a dream at your house as well. Oh yeah. Love it. I mean, love we it, started to go, we literally started to go to church that Sunday. Like we started going to church and, um, it, that was another kind of crazy thing that happened. So we're sitting there in this church and there's a lot of people and we are just nervous as all get out. Cause we hadn't been in so many years. Oh, well, Kevin had been going to churches, but I hadn't, you know, yeah. I was like, huh? <laughs> and, um, so I'm like literally with my sunglasses on too, because I'm like, I just feel like everybody can just, it's mm -hmm. like the center shine. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Like surely I am just shining as like the person that doesn't get it here. Uh -huh. um, but the worship leader, I'll never forget this. The worship leader that day turned out of like the 700 people that were there. She turned to like, she had to physically turn and look at me. And I was several rows back from the front. I wasn't like, you know, gradually I moved to the front and I was like yeah. dancing at the services, <laughs> but like, I'm way back. She's looking through people to my face and saying, I know that I thought she said, I know you're here. She was saying, I don't know who you are, but I know you're here and I know you're freaked out. And I know that you're sitting there and your pulse is racing and that this is all new to you, but God loves you so much. And you know, he wants you to be here. I mean, she was like basically saying, everything that I needed to hear in that exact moment and looking at me. Mm, uh -huh. So I'm with my sunglasses on just bawling, right? Just like just ugly, you know, and by the time we left, both of us had our sunglasses on and we just bawled our way out the door. But oh. <laughs> Gosh, I love that yeah. so, so, so much. Um, okay. Yeah, I, and this was just like literally less than, I mean, I was probably 35, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> huh, the best, the best, the best, the best. Okay, Layla, I'm going to switch gears and I want to talk about your family. You now have your son, Stevenson, okay. that you brought home from Haiti. You said almost yes. a year and a half ago. So you're almost at the two-year mark. Um, and I would yep. just like to talk about that transition because I feel like um, I didn't understand this before I brought kids home. And so I don't know if you did or, or not, but I think we could do a lot of educating for people who are friends with people bringing kids home from hard places. So let's do this. All right. Um, okay. Let's do tell it. Tell me about transition for you guys. What did that look like when Stevenson came home? It looked um, probably one way to everybody who um, saw us out as a family of three, but it felt extremely turbulent. Mm. I mean, oh man, I, if <laughs> there was a lot of things I wish I had known ahead of time, and I'm always happy to share those with folks, but I also don't want to mm -hmm. freak them out too, you know? Um, but it's, if you think about it, Kevin worded it one way that was like, oh yeah, what if someone took you? So you're with all these people that maybe aren't your family, but you know, you're close with them. They're the only family, you know, 
or maybe it is your family. Maybe it's your husband and your kids. And then all of a sudden, these really nice people, um, you know, who seemed mm-hmm. trustworthy, came and took you one day and took you to another country where you didn't understand the language. Maybe even the people looked very different than what you were used to seeing and said, it's going to be okay. Like, it's, it's totally going to be okay. We're going to take care of you from now on. And you'd be like, well, but the folks that I love are actually mm-hmm. over there. Like, they, I kind of want to see them. Like, I kind of want to be with them every day. How traumatic would that be for us as adults to go through that kind of transition? Right. You know, imagine as like a four-year-old kid who can't understand, you know, to just get picked up and brought somewhere else. And it's not just for a play date. Mm-hmm. It's forever, you know, how hard that transition would be, especially if like in Stevenson's case, he had already had a couple of hard transitions, you know, before that one even. So it's almost like it created for Stevenson anyways, um, what we're seeing is like a really hard time with any kind of transitions. So at first, when we first got home, for instance, even transitioning from one room to another Mm. was a really big deal. And it could trigger what now I know is fear, but at the time just looked like aggression Mm. or anger or bad behavior. And I think that so many times people have this idea that when you're bringing Mm -hmm. a child into your home from a hard place, that they're going to automatically be happy because now they have a mom and a dad and now they have three meals a day and now they have toys and now they have stuff. So why wouldn't they be happy? But I love the way that Kevin, they they just just lost lost everything. everything. And so you can't, there's not enough toys or kisses or Capri Suns that make that better. We see them gaining everything. They experience losing everything and they don't understand that what they're gaining is forever. So it's not really a gain to them. It's just like, whatever. It's it's just in the moment. It's not permanence. You know what I mean? And that's what we're working to establish is the feeling of permanence. We want him to believe in permanence and we want really want him to believe in his preciousness mm-hmm. because I can, I can tell too that he is, you know, even still to this day, 19 months later, just unsure of what, you know, like one day he said, um, Oh, and it just broke my heart. He learned that people go to heaven, mm-hmm. you know, when they die. And he said, well, if I die, then you're going to get another child. And I'm like, oh my, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Like he literally thinks he's just this thing that's replaceable yeah. that, and I, I just, oh, I so want him to believe mm-hmm. in his preciousness in us in God, you know, and in himself and just that I want him to experience permanence for Mm -hmm. once. And, you know, he's only had this short little life, but man, it's just been here, there and everywhere. And that's just tough for a little, little brain that's still forming, you know, it's totally tough. You Mm -hmm. know, my Amos came home when he was four and a half and um, we had been in the process of adopting him since he was two. So when we had done multiple trips to Haiti and all the, Mm -hmm. yes. And I say, so then he comes home, but what happened in his situation is we were adopting him and story, my daughter at the same time. So story came home just because you know how this goes paperwork. She came home three months earlier, um, which at the time we were just like heartbroken and we wanted, we'd been adopting them at the same time. It was so looking back, I'm grateful for those three months of just having one child enter, but 
whatever. She comes home, but her and Amos had been living together for oh. her entire life. And so after my son came home at four and a half, I'll tell you what, Layla, it for at least two or three years, every once in a while, I can probably count five times. And it would be in the midst of, you know, we're, we're working through emotions and try all these things mm -hmm. is that Amos would say, why did you go get story and not me? <gasps> and I would tell him this, the same thing every time. Like it wasn't my choice, baby. Mm -hmm. I would have gotten you. It was the government, all these things. But that's another thing. When you think about how hard it is on these kids is that my son actually watched his sister leave. Yeah. And so as many times as I can tell him, I would have never done that. I would have, I wanted both of you in his little four and a half year old heart. He thought they picked her over me. That's it. And that makes me so sad today, you know? And so having to work through that, I understand what you're saying of giving them that, like, this is a permanent place. You're mm -hmm. never leaving. That's it. And, and mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. trauma of abandonment of any kind, even like a, a little, a three month one is just, it just scars, you know, especially little, little hearts. So I yeah, can see for why. Sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know how your earliest memories kind of start when something major, you know, I was trying to think what my earliest memory was. I think it was when we moved to a farm. It's kind of like a big, you know, you, you hang on to those, those things. And mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I'm not surprised that, you know, he said that and could remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so awful. So was to tell me the timeline. So yes. So were you in the process of adopting? No, you weren't. That was eight years ago, the earthquake way after that yeah. you guys started on this process. Yeah. Yeah. We started Why in Haiti. Oh, see, that's another thing. And I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm so careful to, um, <laughs> ah, I don't want to like make anybody think like, Oh, she's like this dreamy gal. But like, I literally am in, in bed one morning, we're in the process. We, we literally don't know now where we're supposed to adopt from. We just know that we've been funneled, 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 you know, by God into international adoption. So we're in international uh -huh. adoption. We don't know where the agency says, that's okay. You can decide at the end of your home study. That's when we'll really need, you know, like a solid confirmation. Okay. So we're doing our home study. It took us about six months. It's coming down to the wire. We are, we've been praying about it the whole time. Like, please tell us where our child is, you know, and right. the week, the same week that we finally have to make a decision, we're in bed. It's, it's early. I wake up or I come to first, I don't have my eyes open yet, but I swear to you that I hear these words, look at Haiti, not audibly, but just like in my mind, you know what I mean? And uh -huh. I'm like, huh, that was weird. I opened my eyes because it was so kind of crystal clear that I'm like, is there somebody in our bedroom? <laughs> you know, like, right. What was that? And I didn't even know where Haiti was on the map. So it was just like a weird, like, I didn't think Lifeline had a Haiti program, you know, cause they shut down uh -huh. after. And look, yeah. we started in December of 2012. Well, Haiti shut down like all of what the earthquake was January, 2010. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they were shut down like all of 11. I didn't think they had even reopened. So I'm, uh -huh. I hear these words and it freaks me out enough to get up and go over to the computer, which is also in our bedroom at this time and look at Lifeline's thing. They had literally announced like 
what brand new Haiti pro pilot program now accepting mm. applicants. I'm like, Oh, okay. I bet I may want to wake Kevin up. Cause this is really weird. So I wake <laughs> Kevin up. He's like, honey, no way. We just proved to this agency that we are like mentally sound. We <laughs> right. are not like we, cause we had selected China cause we had to uh-huh. just pick something, you know, we just, they just made us check China. And so not made us check China, but they made us select something. So right. he's like, I just think we should just keep it. And like, so they don't think we're like indecisive and, you know, and I'm like, I'm telling you, honey, listen to this. So I start reading out all the requirements. It was like, couples must be married 10 years. Well, that was me and Kevin. Couples prefer uh-huh. couples not to have biological children. That was me and Kevin. Right. Um, couples, every single one was me and Kevin. And we couldn't think of any other couples that we knew that would meet any or all of those requirements. So mm. he was like, mm-hmm. Maybe this is our like sign. Like maybe this is what we've been praying for. So we call, and of course, you probably you you know you you know this. They tell you, okay, just so you know, Haiti's the hardest. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a scale of like gonna take the longest and be the most challenging, Haiti is like that. You know, right there. Yeah. Um, so we said, okay, I don't know. We're just still feeling peaceful, even with you telling us that. So they, they changed our paperwork and they put Haiti and, um, I'm telling you what, we'd never felt like, Oh, was that the right? We just felt from the minute we logged on and saw that we met all those requirements and that I, I mean, I had to look at where it was on the globe. I didn't even know. So like, that's how wild it was to hear those words that morning, you know? Yeah. So anyways, it it was just, it, it felt like another one of those, like, Hey girl, check it out. Right. (laughs) I'm going to keep you on track again. Like, you know, Uh um, but you know, it's, it's hard to say that out loud sometimes, isn't it? Like the, if you only knew, like in, for me, it's just like, if you only knew like how powerful I think God can work through like dreams or just Mm -hmm. like little signs or, you know, I don't know, you know, well, he's made that very evident that that is a way that he is moving in your life. And so I love the way that he's pointed you to your son and to finding out more about him. And God is a really big God who can do really crazy things. Right. And so I am proof. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Your family is proof. Look, I was the girl that did not, um, really wasn't really interested in being a mom, probably based on my experience with my mom, Uh um, largely in part, but, um, you know, so I was like, yeah, we're good. We've been, we had been married for 10 or 11 years at that point. And I had just always kind of been allergic to babies and like, you know, just like, (laughs) I don't think I can do it. You know, I just never felt like a mom. And so I wasn't really sure, but you know, I think God also um, just started to show me that that was my path. And even though I never felt unafraid, I felt guided. Mm. So I love that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I love it. I love it. I have loved learning so much about you. Oh, my goodness. I'm a weirdo. No, this is... (laughs) Fabulous. Um, okay, what are you reading? Are you a reader? Well, right now I'm reading The Surprise by Motherhood by <gasps> yes. Lisa Jo Baker. And I can't even, I'm like, did she sneak into my life and like write, you know, <laughs> because literally I have been surprised by motherhood mm-hmm. because like I said, I just never thought I could be, never knew if I wanted to be. And now I'm like, it's everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like he is everything. Stevenson is everything. And it's changed me. And I see how God uses him. And and so any, anyways, it's wild. It's wild. I love it. I love it. And I love, I love Lisa Joe as well. So that's fun. Yeah. That's me too. Um, look girl, bring it. Okay. You know, that quote that says, this is what I love about Instagram stories. You know, that quote that says, what will you do with this one wild and precious life? Uh Uh-huh. I love that with Instagram stories, we have the opportunity, you know, to reach so many people that we may never even meet. And it's like, what will you do with these wild, you know, these 15 wild and precious seconds? You know what I mean? Yeah. Such a good opportunity. So that's what I always try to be mindful of on there. Because you're encouraging, educating, and entertaining. Entertaining. Right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. it. Okay. Well, everyone (laughs) go find me on Instagram so you can be educated and and already forgot. Oh, encourage. You can be all three of those things on there. Uh, Layla, thanks for joining me on the happy hour. All right, guys, don't forget if you're tired of replacing all the items that you send to daycare and school over and over and over and over again for your kids, you need Mabel's labels. Their dishwasher and laundry safe personalized labels are easy to peel and stick to anything from shoes to sippy cups, and they'll ensure that your kid's stuff comes home at the end of every day. And did we mention they offer free shipping? Yes, they offer free shipping, you guys. Head to mableslabels.com slash happy hour to start customizing your own. Use the code happy hour for 20% off your order. You guys, I told you that you would love Layla. If you follow her on Instagram, which I'm going to guess that a lot of you do, you see so much of her life, but I hope you enjoyed hearing from her and hearing the passion that she has about talking with her son about Jesus because she wished that someone would have told her when she was younger. One of my favorite parts about our conversation, and it could be because I'm an adoptive mama, was when she talked about wanting her son Stevenson to believe in his permanence and his preciousness. That really spoke to my heart. And I think that goes across the board, not just for children who have joined families through adoption. You guys go and follow her on Instagram. You're going to love it. You'll love her stories. You'll love her pictures. Don't forget to check out my Instagram tomorrow for the giveaway with Starfish Project. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, you are going to adore my show. I bring a friend on who has walked through some extreme sorrow and pain in bearing not just one of her children, but three babies, you guys. Her joy in the Lord is contagious and encouraging. Please make a note to listen next week. You're going to truly enjoy hearing from Tova. Guys, I'm going to be in Dallas this week at the Sparrow event. If you're going to be there... 
which you should be there. It's a great conference. If you're going to be there, please come say hi. Enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys back next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.